Welcome to our Simply Sustainability podcast presented by Clarisys. In this series, we look at what can sometimes be the intimidating topic of sustainability and break it down into digestible, bite-sized chunks to help you on your way to a more sustainable future. I'm here with Emily Jackson today from The Economist. Really excited to speak to her about kind of her journey into being the sustainability lead at the organization. Emily, would you be able to introduce yourself and kind of your, your role in particular at The Economist? Yes. So my name's Emily Jackson. I'm based in Frankfurt. And I've been working for the Economist Group for over 14 years now and formally took over as a senior vice president of sustainability in 2021. But actually, my career started or has largely been in sales and business development. And I've lead our brand partnerships in Germany and in Austria. And I've also led our, our events, the Economist events business in the Europe, Middle East and Africa. And it was actually through one of my key client partnerships fairly early on in my time at the Economist Group that I started working on topics very closely related to well, environmental sustainability. And one of the programmes I worked on was called the Green City Indexes. And we launched at the now ill-fated COP15 in, in Copenhagen. And I think that was really the beginning of you know, my interest in sustainability. And at the end of 2019, I kind of leaned in more actively. We had uh, an internal network called the Economist Sustainability Group, which I joined. And it was focusing on building a sustainability strategy for the Economist. And, you know, I'm really fortunate to, to work for a company that supports its colleagues in, in exploring different avenues in their careers. And I worked on educating myself. I read a lot. I attended an online course at the Cambridge Institute of Sustainability Leadership, and now I'm in the role as SVP of Sustainability. Wow. And what was it that kind of hooked you about kind of, it's obviously such a diverse and wide topic, but was there kind of a particular reason that it captured your imagination? Yes. I mean, my understanding was that sustainability is about climate change. And I think through that project, I realized how the issues are very interconnected. You know, they're geopolitical, it's related to finance, it's related to the way businesses are run, it's social issues. And just looking at the Green City Index, as you see how much of a holistic approach needs to be taken to cities or to governments or to countries. And I think that's what really piqued my interest, that this is such a huge challenge and a, a, a huge endeavour to undertake to tackle climate change. That's really what got me started. No, I think that is what, for me, is the similar thing. Is It's so interesting that the scale of the challenge. What are the economists doing to kind of make sure that you are doing your part in addressing the challenge? What's your ambition in this space? So we are a media company, and the economist group exists to champion progress. And this is a progress that is fundamentally threatened by climate change. And as I just said, it affects everything, whether it's geopolitics, economics, finance, and it shapes you know, life expectancies, it shapes our lives in cities and the natural environments, biodiversity. And so through our content across all of our businesses, we can make a fundamental impact. That's really key. So what we do through our content is striving to identify the, the trends, the ideas that will shape sustainable global development. And it provides individuals, it provides businesses with the insights and the perspectives that they need to press forward sustainably. And 
it's a huge collective endeavor to work toward this. And what we're doing specifically is we've developed an environmental sustainability framework with three pillars, manage, measure, and mitigate to help us drive our progress. Manage is, is how we weave sustainability into our growth, into our operations, and drive climate action throughout the organization. It's how we draw attention to climate issues. It's also through leadership. So our, our leadership team is accountable for our sustainability strategy. It's in their KPIs. Um, so accountability rests with them. And we have a formalized network throughout the organization, the Economist Sustainability Group. In terms of measure, we're building a really data-driven understanding of what our environmental impact is. And that's just not, not just emissions. We've just recently conducted a life cycle assessment. We've also conducted a plastics assessment and leakage assessment. And then it's about mitigation. So what are we doing with that data? And what we're striving to do is set ambitious targets based on what we've measured. We have a science-based target 25% to 2025. And our vision is to half our emissions by 2030 and reach net zero by 2045. Fantastic. So I think that kind of sums it up. That is, and there's clearly a lot going on. Could you kind of give me a, or paint a little bit of a picture of what is a day in the life of Emily at The Economist? What is it in terms of making those kind of free areas happen? How does that work? So that's a, that's a good question. So I think overall it's about driving the strategy. It's about making sure that sustainability is embedded in our organization and the way we do business. And it's things like the measurement piece is hugely important. So measuring our greenhouse gas emissions, we have automated carbon management now, so making sure that we're, we're tracking that information, we're tracking everything to do with our products. But it's also around the communication, the driving long-term change. It's about working towards a vision and getting everybody behind you to understand that vision and work towards it. So it's a very comprehensive role and it's dealing with the entire organization and the way that we do business. Absolutely. And one of the things in terms of that embedding that, that I believe you're working on is how do you enable others to kind of lead on this and how can they be part of the change? How have you kind of approached that? I think you need to be a change agent. You need to have a very entrepreneurial spirit, but you also need to know your business to be able to help transform the way business is done. So do you understand your business do you understand the way it ticks? How does your business drive value? What's your value model? I mean, what social environmental impacts impact your own business? And the economist is different to every other business. You need to understand the way your own business functions. You also need to build communities and networks within your organization to be able to, you know, to move that change forward. So it's also about understanding the strategy. How can you connect sustainability to your business strategy? How can sustainability help you build opportunities for the organization? And it's also about making sure that it's not something that's perceived as a pet project. If you really want to get traction, you need to use the language of the business. You need to use the language of your business and tie it into to the strategy. I think also it's about breaking it down into manageable chunks. What is the vision? What is it that you're trying to do? 
and working towards that. How do you need to get there? Keep it realistic. And that's how you get people on board because you've understood how sustainability can weave into the way your organization is doing its business and can help as a driver of innovation and of, of new opportunities. Got it. So there's some kind of clear stairs about how to go about things. Was there anything in particular, if, if you were got a, and it got in a time machine, went back to 2019 when you were kind of going to kick off this role that you'd say to yourself? Yes, to change anything within an organization, you need support from your leadership. So leadership is absolutely key in driving change and overcoming barriers and catalyzing any transformational change within an organization. So that is key. The second point would be wherever you are in your business or in your sphere of influence, you can make a change. You can have an influence. Um, it's thirdly, I would say, keep taking a step back, keep remembering what your objective is and what the vision is and taking inspiration and, and positive feedback from those small successes, because there will be hurdles along the way. There will be challenges to overcome. But if you stay focused on that vision that you've set out to achieve, that you can get there, I think those would be the three things. Got it. And so you mentioned some of the hurdles there. Wanted to pick up on that. Are, what are the kind of have been the biggest challenges that you have seen um, kind of in your role, but also what have been the enjoyable bits? What are the things that you actually love? I think one of the things is basically education. So what does sustainability mean? And there's sometimes a common misperception that sustainability means climate change. Yeah. And it's educating that sustainability challenges are actually manifold and they're interconnected. So coming back to the, the point at the beginning, it affects the economy, society, geopolitics, technology, and the environment. And it's also bringing that across that these are really interconnected issues. So I think that's one thing. The second is also about, you know, education, enabling education, enabling advocacy and helping people understand the issue so that they can apply that in the role or the sphere of influence that they have. Then they're, they're clearly two big challenges to overcome. One, we kind of always, well, I was at dinner last night, I was speaking to, to, to someone about it and I, I said, humans are not very good at nuance, are we? Like we're not very good at being able to understand the kind of the huge complexity around kind of topics all the time. So it's, it's about making it really simple and Oh, for us, it's all we kind of advocate for prioritizing. You've got to do that materiality assessment. You've got to go. We maybe can't solve every single problem. Where do we want to, to kind of allocate our time and our resources as effectively as possible? What about the, the most enjoyable aspects of being a sustainability lead? What are the things that you kind of go home after a day of work or switch off the computer after a day of Zooms and go, that was brilliant. I love doing that. I think the most enjoyable aspect for me has been getting to know the business from the inside out. Yeah. I mean, coming from a sales and business development background, it was my job to build external networks. In this role, my job is to build internal networks and to understand exactly how the organization functions. How does it work? How do we deliver our services? How do we deliver our products? And then working with those individuals to a measure our emissions, measure where we stand, understand our impact across the organization, but then to use those relationships to 
you know, to drive our sustainability agenda forward, but also to bring people on board. Because coming back to the challenges you're just asking about, change is a big challenge. It's a big hurdle. Getting people to do things differently, to start seeing things through the sustainability lens, to understand that when they're designing new products or innovating, that if you take social and environmental issues into consideration, that you can actually build better products. You can design better services that are better for the stakeholders that you're trying to work with, but also better for your business. It builds you know, business opportunities. So understanding the stakeholders throughout your value chain, the partnerships that you have, and listening to them, using that information to, you know, to see things through the sustainability lens is, is really important. And have you found that that's been the best way to motivate people is to kind of to represent the value kind of of what it can bring to them if they do focus on environmental and social aspects as well as kind of traditional performance metrics? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, sustainability is not something that can be tacked on to an organization, but it can be a driver of value. It can be a driver of value to all of the stakeholders that you work with as an organization. And that's key, you know, whether it's colleagues, whether it's the communities that you work with, whether it's your your customers, whether it's your investors, it can drive value for all all of these different stakeholders. And I think that's such a a key point. It's not something that just gets added onto a business and you're ticking the box. No, fantastic. Now, I want to ask you about kind of one of those brilliant days where you achieved something that you're really proud of. And kind of what immediately springs to mind if I asked you what are the what's the thing that you're most proud of achieving? Receiving validation for our science-based targets with the yep. SBTI. So our 25% to 2025 target was a, a huge validation, a huge success for us. We've also made commitments to the business ambition to 1.5 degrees and the UN FCCC race to zero campaign. So that, again, is a big commitment for the organization, for our leadership. And we've joined the Net Zero Carbon Events Pledge. So these are really important milestones for us. And it's setting that long-term vision and ambition for the organization. So the, the kind of North Star that we're working towards. Also, what I'm personally really pleased about is building a network collaborating with peers outside of our organization. So working with our suppliers, working with industry peers and building up closer relationships. We're doing that particularly through the Responsible Media Forum. So that is another way of driving the sustainability agenda forward beyond the, you know, the, the sphere of our own organization. Fantastic. And then I want to just ask you finally, you obviously mentioned that you didn't necessarily come from a a sustainability background. It's been a bit of a a longer journey towards kind of this role. Is there any particular literature or courses that you've kind of used along the way that you would advise other people to, to kind of to take a look at? Yeah. Education is a really powerful way of getting the message across, across the board. So I would strongly recommend if anyone is is wanting to change their career or go down the sustainability route, that they look into a course, a a school or university, giving that business dimension. So the applicant, you know, applying it to to the business, uh, business setting, it helps you 
see, understand sustainability from that ecosystem perspective, from the systemic perspective, but also how to apply that to the reality of the, the business that you're working on. So I attended a course at the at CISL, the Cambridge Institute of Sustainability Leadership, which I can highly recommend. There are other courses, Terra Doe, a book that I would highly recommend is Breaking Boundaries by Johan Rockström. I think there's also a film on, on Netflix of the same name, but the, the book is great. Also, listening po to podcasts is a great way of, you know, just finding out what's going on at the moment. My particular favourite is Outrage and Optimism, which is hosted by Christiana Figueres. Yep. And The Economist also had a, a, a short series podcast called To a Lesser Degree, which is a good way of getting an overview of, of you know, a, a bit more of what the issues are behind climate change. And also attend events. So there's a lot of events that are free to attend, virtual events where you can listen into sessions, listen to experts. And I think that's a great resource, often free, of you know, sucking in a lot of information to understand, understand the space and, and also find which direction you think is right for, for you and for your business. Absolutely. Would I can completely advocate both for your book recommendation, which is one of the basis of a lot of the training that we do internally at Clarisis. We focus on the, the nine planetary boundaries and also the podcast. I'm not sure I'm quite doing or at the same level as Christiana just yet, but hopefully we'll get we'll get there one day on the Simply Sustainability podcast. Brilliant. Thank you, Emily, so much for talking us through your story and, and giving us some really helpful tips that hopefully those who are moving into sustainability lead roles or have been doing it for years can use. And so huge thank you for that. Yeah, no, great. I mean, I think suppose one last point is, you know, it, it takes individuals within organizations, it takes networks of individuals, it takes passion to move forward so if you are a change agent if you're somebody that wants to is passionate about sustainability it's about grabbing the opportunity it's about starting initiatives in your um, organization building up for successes and taking an entrepreneurial approach and there's a lot that you can do so you know dive in dive in <laughs> brilliant thank you emily thank you for listening to our simply sustainability podcast we hope you enjoyed it for more information, please contact us at sustainability at